This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Turn to the book of Job, the 42nd chapter. Job and then Psalms. Job chapter 42. Life is very interesting, and it's also unpredictable. I don't know how those who don't know Christ do it. The only thing, even in the life of the Christian, that's consistent, steady, is our God and the assurances of His Word. Everything else can change. We've got some dear friends up in Pennsylvania church that I was privileged to pastor there, and honestly, they dreaded the month of October, because as God worked in their lives, their difficult circumstances seemed to come in October. Uh, The wife lost her mother in October. The following October, they lost another family member. She would say to me, I don't look forward to Octobers, too many memories. And then she got cancer. Guess what month she went to be with the Lord? October. As a pastor, how do you process that and and try to encourage a family? I can tell you it's not my words that are going to do any good. But what does help is you point them to God. The one who is consistent, all loving, who does not change, and who has always been in control of their circumstances, whether it's October or January or April. That's our God. And so the Lord has graciously put a book in our Bibles where we can go and have the truth that we're going to consider this morning reinforced again over and over and over, along with other passages in the Scripture. I cannot think of a more important message to preach to saints than what we're going to look at today. And certainly there's an application for those who may not know the Lord who are listening in today. So after chapters, it's a long book, chapters of unprofitable dialogue between Job and his companions, God speaks, and through a whirlwind, in a relatively short amount of time, God speaks to Job without interruption, except for a time when he pauses and lets Job respond And all that Job can say is, I need to be quiet. I need to put my hand on my mouth. If you take what God said to Job, if you would read it as if God is speaking it again to Job, and you had a stopwatch going, do you realize that the whole conversation in those chapters takes about 10 to 15 minutes? That's it. After weeks, no doubt, of Job's suffering and these friends coming back 
and continuing to tell him what they thought was right. So in that time that God speaks to Job, Job is silenced. He saw the true nature of what was in his own heart, and he is brought to true repentance. Again, the timing of what transpired in Job's life is not the point. We don't know how long the trial happened. If that was the point, God would have revealed it. Now, I mention it because when you and I face trials, those trials can seem like they're going on indefinitely. And what do we tend to focus on in our flesh? How long, Lord? How long is this going to happen? Now, God does give us assurances. It's going to end. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Now, it can seem like a long time. And it may be a long time. But in God's estimation, it's for a moment. He knows what he's doing. He is working out his perfection in us, making us into the image of Christ. And it is going to end. And by the way... As I look out at this precious congregation, you know what? We're going to get to spend eternity in heaven in perfect rest. Doesn't that sound sweet? It's hard to even get my mind around it. And I won't need to rest. Now what God purposed to accomplish through Job and in Job is the point. It's the purpose of the book. And we're expected to conclude that God's timing in his servant's life was perfect. We don't know how long, but we do know that ever how long, it was perfect. So in this message, I want us to see that the Lord had worked to bring Job back into a faith relationship with his sovereign God. He was working to get Job back to where Job was, where Job just trusted him. So he's bringing him back to that faith relationship. Because God has revealed again to Job that he is always just, unfailing, full of compassion, even though our circumstances may speak otherwise. And by the way, God has the right to allow us to suffer without explanation because he is not compromising his attributes, his love, or his commitment to us. What God did in Job's life can be broken down to this simple sermon title. Here's what I've entitled the message today, Agreement with God in Suffering. Agreement with God in suffering. Now let's go right to the text. Job 42, notice verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know. In your Bible, you may just want to underline that word know because that is one of the most important words in the whole book. I know that thou canst do everything. Well, that needs some explanation. He is not just admitting God's omnipotence, that he's all-powerful. But here's what he's admitting. Thou canst do everything that no thought, that's the meaning, can be withholden from thee. In other words, none of your thoughts can be hindered. 
what you choose to think in your planning, what you choose to think in your planning, it cannot be thwarted. You can do everything. You think it as you plan it, and it cannot be changed. Job then reinforces this thought by repeating God's words back to him, what God had said previously. So in verse 3, he quotes God's words back to him, what God has spoken in chapter 38 and verse 2. God had previously said, Who is he that hides counsel without knowledge? What's Job doing? So at this point, he simply looks to heaven and he says, Who is he that hides counsel without knowledge? That's me. Guilty as charged. Once again, in my Bible, I've underlined not only that word know in verse 2, but in verse 3, that word knowledge. By repeating God's words, here's what Job is admitting. I really did obscure your perfect counsel, Lord, which always guides your perfect work. What I said was a distraction to that. Questioned that. Now, if you combine the language in verses 2 and 3, in those two words, know and knowledge, here's what Job is saying. I know that I don't know. Do you know one of the most helpful things that you can do when you face a severe trial is to look to heaven and first of all say, God, I know I don't know. But I know you know. Read on. Verse 3, Therefore have I uttered what I understood not, things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. So in verse 3, that he repeats one of the phrases that God had said. Now look at verse 4. He repeats God's questions from chapter 38, verse 3, and chapter 40, verse 7. God had also previously said, and now Job takes those words and he directs them back to God. Lord, you're right. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak, I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. That's what you said, and Lord, I don't have answers. And I shouldn't have demanded answers. By repeating God's statements back to him, Job is practicing the purest form of confession. Total agreement with God. He doesn't try to explain anything. Uh, he, does, he, he, he just looks to heaven and he repeats back to God what God has said. And by doing so, he is saying, and I agree with you. It's important you understand that because a casual reading of the text, you're not going to understand. What, what is Job saying? He's pausing to repeat back to God those questions that God had given to him. And what's he doing? He's just agreeing with God. What can I say back to you, Lord, except what you have already said to me? Now watch carefully. When our lives seem to unravel without explanation, the key to our peace and stability is this, agreeing that God can do everything because his determined plans for good cannot be thwarted. 
Look at it again. Agreeing that God can do everything because his determined plans for good cannot be thwarted. I have no doubt that there are those of us sitting in this room this morning, and as we look at these things, your mind goes somewhere else. And it's not a wrong thing for that to happen. Your mind goes to, I lost a loved one. I needed, others needed. This doesn't make any sense, okay? Bring your mind back and agree that God can do everything because his determined plans for good cannot be thwarted. Agree. And we'll see later that that agreement is where you then get the peace of God. Now, like Job, we can arrive at this conclusion after doubting God and having to repent of that. But it's far better to stand on this assurance at the very moment the trials arrive. Now, next week, and there's only one message left, but next time we're together, we're going to look at the fact that there were some men who feared God as well. But when Job was standing in agreement on God, these guys swept in and they started preaching to Job and they started to direct his thoughts someplace else. Because Job had said earlier, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And the scripture says, and he worshiped. He's right where he needs to be to be able to keep the peace in his soul. And then these guys come along And things change. Be careful what you say to those who are hurting and grieving. If you're not spirit-filled, please put a hand over your mouth. Because you're there, no doubt, to want to help. But you know what? Your being there may rob them of peace. But it's far better... To stand on the assurance of agreement at the very moment the trials arrive. Here's, here's a wonderful illustration of this. Amy Carmichael, missionary to India, expressed this assurance about her God when she wrote, quote, 1912 was a year of stripping away my treasures. The power allotted to the enemy seemed at times far beyond the limits the love of God might set, end quote. She explained, that the first blow came when her spiritual mother in India passed away. Four days later, a precious convert named Lula also died. Lula had been saved out of the unspeakable horrors of being a temple girl. Just one week after Lula's death came the final blow when fellow missionary statesman Thomas Walker also died. In less than two weeks, far from home, Amy Carmichael had stripped, uh, was stripped of three of her most treasured earthly relations. Reflecting back on that time, Amy wrote this. Kind people wanting to console made the usual observations. They said, it's very hard to see how this can be for the best. To this, Amy responded, we are not asked 
to see. We need, why, I'm sorry, why need we to see when we know? We know, not the answer to the inevitable why, but the incontestable fact that it is for our best. Others, again responding, trying to console her, with a sigh and a shake of the head, observe that it is difficult for us human beings to escape bitterness, even dumb rage, when such things happen. Again, to this, Amy Carmichael replied, it is indeed not only difficult, it is impossible not to respond that way. Now watch. There is only one way of victory over the bitterness and rage that comes naturally to us. To will what God wills brings peace. How many times have we read in the scripture, we're to pray, thy will be done. And we just kind of pass by that. Lord, whatever your will is. No, 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 stop. That is the key to your peace and your faith not faltering. Lord, thy will be done. I, I want to pray for this, this family's healing. I want to pray for this. I want, I want to see you fix this, Lord. But never, none of that really matters. What matters is thy will be done. Peace had evaded Job's heart until God brought him to the place where he willed whatever it was that God willed. Job was in agreement about who God is and what God wants, even when he could not know all God was doing. That's where God brings Job. Again, one of the hardest parts of being a pastor is Sometimes saints will come to me and they'll say, they're not, they don't say this directly, but Lord, would you explain what God is doing here? No. Can't do that. But I can help you go to the word of God and see that the best thing for you at this moment is to agree that God is up to something good, that he's not lost control, and the best thing for you right now is to will what he wills. And there's coming a time when you're going to be able to look back and shake your head and go, wow, isn't God good? He knew what he was doing all along. So that sounds like blind faith. Not when it is hinged to the character of an unchanging God. I like what Leighton Talbert said. To believe God with or without evidence, simply because he has spoken. To submit to God with or without understanding, because he is both sovereign and good. And to worship God with or without reward because he is worthy delivers to the believer a peace that surpasses understanding. And by the way, let me just pause. Didn't the Lord promise that? Didn't he promise to give us peace that passes all understanding? And in the New Testament. 
Peace that passes understanding and baffles unbelievers, instructs angels, and glorifies God. Wow. Now Job's agreement with what he knew to be true of his God brought this amazing result. Would you look at verse 5? I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. Now, what had he heard? Well, there were traditions that were being passed on. Not all tradition is wrong. There were things that previously men had learned about the Lord, and they had passed them on to their children and their grandchildren. No doubt Job is referring to that. Perhaps at this point he's referring to non-biblical writings. Things that had been written down that were true, they just weren't inspired But those are the things I have heard, he says, of thee by the hearing of the ear. But Job now says, but now my eye seeth thee. This had been Job's complaint all along. Lord, I just want to see you. I just want to hear from you. I want to know what you are doing. But because of an accusatory heart there was darkness there was blindness there he could not see now God has spoken now God has reminded him of his great power unlimited power his unchanging character Job says now my eye sees you Job in his mind now clearly perceived his God through the Lord's words which directed Job to consider his great creation, his previous works. Now Job sees God, and now Job also clearly saw himself. And by the way, you're going to have to admit, when you agree with God, you're going to have to agree with him about you. Everything in my flesh wants to rise up at that time and say, this isn't right, this isn't fair, If you were really God, stop. Agree with God and God will reveal what that really is. Adam Clark said this, When God gives us the light to discover his own glory and excellence, the same light reveals our own littleness and vileness. And admit that to God too. Lord, there's a voice inside me right now that is questioning you. And God, would you give me the grace to ignore that? Would you silence that in light of your glory? This is why Job's final statement in this book, his final words, we find in verse 6, look at it. Wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Now, to be true to the text, we need to examine what this is saying. So look at it carefully. He is not saying, one of the things will help me is to be disgusted with me. It's not what he's saying. Notice closely, did you notice that myself is in italics in the King James translation that several, many of you are holding here today? All right? Myself is in italics, which means what? It's not in the original text. Abhor is a Hebrew verb that means refuse or reject. Wherefore, based on what he has already stated, I refuse and reject. 
What's he refusing, rejecting? In the context, he is saying that he is rejecting the wrong words that he has declared against God. That's what he's rejecting. I said it. I was accusing you. I reject what I said. He is no longer charging God with any wrongdoing. Case dismissed. My flesh wanted to bring a case against the Almighty. How foolish is that? And he's saying, I withdraw that. Job is also not saying that his friends were right about him. Okay? He's not suffering because of sin. He was still a blameless man, upright, who feared God and shunned evil. He's the same man of whom God said twice, there is none like him in the earth. How's that a testimony from God? Wow. None like him in the earth. No, his sin came later when he called God's justice into question. That's when the sin happened. And so Job has repented. Now Job's repentance is very instructive. And if in your heart you've accused God this testimony, this example of Job, I think will be a help to you. It's a help to me. This is what genuine repentance looks like. First of all, even those who are upright and fear God will still have times when repentance is needed. Don't you wish you could reach a point in your sanctification where you never had any more sin to confess? That's not reality here. In fact, John tells us that if someone says that they have no sin, they're lying. You can be a godly individual like Job, and there are still going to be times when you fail the Lord and you have to repent. Say the same thing and agree with God. Number two, repentance is complete agreement with God. Remember what he had just said. I, let's go back and look at the text again, all right? I despise. I reject what I've said. All right, so it's agreement with God. Lord, here's what I did. I despise that. I reject it. I agree with you completely about what you said about it. And Lord, would you forgive me for doing this to you or thinking this about you? That's genuine repentance. Not, Lord, sorry. Oops. That's not it, folks. We say the same thing. It's agreement with God. But here's something else to consider. And this will keep you from having to confess sins. Agreement with God will keep you from the sins that require repentance. You know you can't sin if you are agreeing with God. So, Lord, I'm yielding to your spirit. And here's what you said about this temptation over here where my flesh wants to be drawn in. I am agreeing with you about how awful that is, how offensive that is to you, Lord. And in fact, I'm not going to make any provision. And Lord, I'm going to yield to you right now. You'll never have anything to confess. When we disagree with God and we believe a lie in our heart, 
Well, I, it, once in a while, you know, uh, should we continue in sin that grace may abound and all that nonsense? God forbid. So agreement with God will keep you from sins that later require repentance. Number three, true repentance doesn't bargain with God. True repentance doesn't bargain with God. Job knows he is right with God now. And he has peace back in his heart. But Job's not saying, all right, Lord, what, whatever the, will you just fix all this? I feel really bad right now. My health is in the tank. He's not saying any of that. He has no assurance that his health or his possessions will be restored. And in fact, this doesn't come until after chapter 42 and verse 10, where God says, in fact, let's just look at it. What's it say? The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And also the Lord chose to give him twice as much as he had before. Did God have to do that? No. Could he have allowed Job's health to continue to decline and for Job to die? God could have done whatever he wanted to do, but the main thing for Job was he's at peace now and he knows he's right with God. So let's conclude this morning. Perhaps there's someone listening who is objecting to what has happened in our text. You mean to tell me God allowed Job to suffer without cause because he wanted to humiliate Satan and it was Job who had to apologize? Huh? Okay. Now, you're, you're very good at looking, very pious as you look my way. Okay. But honestly, wait a minute. Could God have done things differently? Could he have prevented all this? Yes and yes and yes. But I don't even need to ask those questions because who am I to talk about whether God is doing his job right? Now, if this is your reaction, this message was just for you this morning. Your response is proof you don't know God. And by the way, a reaction to God looks like we don't know God when we do. D.A. Carson said this, to those who do not know God, to those who insist on being God, this outcome will not suffice. Those who do know God come in time to recognize that it is better to know God and trust God than to claim the rights of God. Dramatic pause. But I'll confess this morning how many times things have happened in my life and I've looked to heaven and in essence, God knows my wicked heart. Lord, you're not being very good at being God today. Ever done that? We have no reason to do that, folks. And when we do it, we just complicate what God is trying to do for us, for his glory.
So instead of bringing God's justice into question, your greatest need is to agree with God in suffering. Agree about who he is and what he wants because it's good. And agree that he knows at all times what he is doing. Instead of questioning God, let's agree with the assurance that God gave this psalmist in Psalm 121. So the key word for this message is agreement. Just agree with God. Humbly agree with God. And then open your Bible and start reading about all the times that things went horribly wrong for a man, but it was just what God needed to happen for his purposes to go forward. And it was always good for his servants. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. You know what? If God allows you to die, you just got your promotion. The longer I'm saved, the more I long for that promotion. I am so done with what's going on here. But he's not done with me here. And so I need to have his peace and just continue to strive for him, depending on him. So, the word agreement. Don't forget that word. Agree with God. And then let me give you a psalm to go to, especially when the opening salvos are happening. You're facing a severe trial. You can feel the heat of the fire. Go to Psalm 121. Would you turn there with me? And I'm going to ask us to read this in unison this morning. I think this psalm is just full of precious truth anyway, but especially after a message like we've considered together. Would you stand with me? Psalm 121. This was the response of the psalmist. And I had to wonder, I wonder if he studied the book of Job before he wrote this. But let's say it together and then we'll close. In unison, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil, he shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. And he is worthy to be praised. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for giving us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And this life is full of trouble. But what you've given us is your word. You've revealed yourself. We can agree with you about you. And we have no reason to fear. Lord, we think of those disciples on the Sea of Galilee in the midst of a storm. Lord, wind and rain can be blowing in our faces and the boat can be filling up with water, but there is no danger because Jesus is in the boat. 
You occupy our vessels by your spirit. And so, Lord, help us to agree. Help us to agree. And, Lord, you'll flood our hearts with peace when we get on our faces before you and we express our agreement with your character. And that as God, what you think and what you purpose is best and will come to pass. So help us to agree. And then, Lord, would you use us to be spirit-filled, to come alongside other saints who are struggling. And, Lord, to express in your presence before them our agreement that we cannot know. You're God. We cannot know all you're doing. But we can trust you. And Lord, you'll keep us in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on thee. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.